0: John chapter 10, verse 7 through 18. It says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning, God, for the opportunity to meet virtually, God. Thank you for technology that allows us to, to continue to meet and worship um, worship you, Father. I pray for Ryan this morning, God, that um, you would give him the words to speak um, just truth and encouragement to our hearts and to our lives, Father. And um, we love you, God, and pray all this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. We're in a series that we've been calling Wild with Grace. And uh, what we're doing in this series is we're following Jesus to the cross. Easter is the, the moment that we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been unpacking stories that inform our hearts and our minds and our affections about who Jesus is and what he's come to do in this world that we might that our hearts might expand in our ability to receive the grace and extend the grace of God i went to bed Uh, This past Wednesday night, a little anxious. Um, Maybe you can relate. I'd read a little bit too much news that day. And uh, I'd I'd hoped to sleep uh, and wake up refreshed in Jesus uh, in the morning. But instead, I woke up with a cough. And uh, immediately, my heart began to race. My mind began to panic. I immediately got out of the bed went into the kitchen for a drink of water, I couldn't calm down. And then uh, I, I was recalling uh, the fact that on Wednesday I would found out that I, I had been, uh, two weeks before I had been with uh, a guy that had uh, contracted uh, the coronavirus. And, and my mind and my heart just began to panic and panic and panic and panic. And then uh, uh, I, I realized that it was my allergies, so I took some allergy medicine and I began to calm down and I went back to sleep. By God's grace, my friend uh, is fine now. He's recovered. He's at home, uh, and he's doing well. I don't know if you can relate to that or not. I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but all I know, New City Church, is this, is that I need a good shepherd for my soul during this season. I need to be shepherded by King Jesus. And so this week, I've just been wrestling through what God would have me to share with you uh, this morning And finally, Friday at about lunchtime, he showed me that it was this passage. And so we're going to dig into that together this morning. I can't think of a time in life, in my life specifically, where collectively the world has been more aware of our weakness as humans. Can you? I mean, the only thing we have in common as a people, the the main thing we have right now is this, is that we all want the virus to go away, yet none of us can make it happen on our own this dim backdrop has has settled on us and it's done this in years before years years before this where where something super dark has happened in the world and you know what always tends to happen during those seasons is that people become more spiritually interested about the condition of their souls, and and the Holy Spirit begins to, to move among God's people and to reawaken souls. And I'm beginning to see that happen over and over and over again, even during this season. It doesn't seem like there's any other way for the Spirit to wake up the church than through circumstances like this. And I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's cry in 2 Corinthians 12 when he too experienced weakness and he wanted it to go away. And, and the thing that you notice about this passage in 2 Corinthians 12 is that Jesus wanted something for Paul that he couldn't imagine for himself. Hear it for yourself 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. We could add pestilence, we could add epidemics, we could add pandemics. All of these things Paul had in mind as he wrote this. But the key is this, for when I'm weak, church, hear this, then I am strong. Paul, like you and I, assumed that if we can just keep our lives together And be strong on our own and hold our lives together, weeding out our weakness through whatever means possible, that it would be best for us in God's kingdom. But then Paul discovers something as Jesus encounters him personally that, that physical, mental, emotional health is not what makes a person whole. Let me say that again that physical, mental, and emotional health is not what makes you whole, grace is what makes us whole. And that's what Paul discovers as Jesus meets with him personally. He thought he knew what what he would need to be made whole, but Jesus shows him that it's grace. that, That growing in grace is what makes a person whole. And this is our big idea for today, that only the gospel, church, only the grace of God, can take us from a mindset of scarcity to abundance. That only the tender care and the personal presence of Jesus can deliver us of the sickness that threatens our physical health and the temptations that torment our souls. That, that when we feel weakness, we go into this mindset of scarcity and we begin to scramble to make something happen. Like I guarantee you have done maybe multiple times this week. You start to let the tape play out in your mind. Okay, what if I get this thing? What if my family gets this thing? What if I die? What's going to happen to my family? And the tape plays out over and over and over again in your mind. And you're operating out of this mindset of scarcity when Jesus promises us abundance. And so the challenge for us is this. When we're tempted to look inward, the gospel invites us to look upward, to look outside of ourselves. I love what uh, the, the, the pastor Robert Murray McShane once said. He, he says this. He says, for every look at yourself, you need to take 10 looks at Christ. So did you get that, church? There needs to be a 10 to 1 ratio there. Every time you take one look at yourself, 10 looks at Christ. I guarantee you, you're not going to be looking at yourself as much. He goes on to say this. He is altogether lovely, such infinite majesty, yet such meekness and grace, and all for sinners, even the chief. Live Much in the smiles of God, bask in His beams, feel His all seeing eye settled on you in love, and repose in His almighty arms. Let your soul be filled with a heart ravishing sense of the sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in Him, and let the Holy Spirit fill every chamber of your heart so there'll be no room for folly of the world or Satan or the flesh. Church, the the, the boldest thing that we can do today is to stop looking at ourselves and to start looking at Jesus. To stop looking inward and to start looking upward. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the good shepherd that Jesus is because we need to be reminded. And the thing we've got to look at is this, is is first we've got to look at how do we belong to the good shepherd? What does a belonging life look like? And then we're going to look at the benefits of belonging to Jesus. So let's let's dig in together. How to belong to the good shepherd. So let me just tell you a little bit about the context of this passage in John chapter 10. So Jesus in John chapter 9 just healed a blind man. And uh, the Pharisees are not happy about it. Because Jesus is explaining to them and his disciples what God is like. And he's actually telling them that he is God. Of course, they don't like this. They don't think that Jesus is the Messiah. And he uses one of the most comforting uh, images imaginable for us to consider his care for us. It's that of a, of a shepherd to sheep. Now, now the, the disciples and the Pharisees, being masters of the Old Testament, would have, would have known uh, exactly what Jesus was talking about because they would have had Psalm 23 memorized, Psalm 23, one of the most comforting passages in the Bible. Even if you're not yet a believer in Jesus, you've heard Psalm 23 before. Let me just remind you of a few phrases that are in Psalm 23. It starts out by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I I shall not go into scarcity mode because the Lord is my shepherd. He's caring for me. That, That He takes us to calm places, gentle streams. He restores our soul. He protects us. Even when we walk through the valley of the, the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil because He's with us and His rod and His staff, they, they comfort us. Meaning this, that anything that happens to God's people because the Lord is our shepherd has to go through the Lord first. That, that's a comfort to us. That, that, that it goes through the Lord before it ever hits us. Church, all of our problems in this life All of our soul's deepest anguish in this life are a result of not belonging to the Good Shepherd. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 6 has some comforting words for us. The reason, church, we don't belong to the Good Shepherd is because we don't really believe we're sheep. But listen to what this prophecy about Jesus says in Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one his own way. And the Lord has laid on Himself, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So, so in our self-rescue plan, we have went astray from the care of the Lord. And, and the, the biggest barrier you're going to have in receiving the care of the Lord that you deeply long for that you seek for in other people, but only the Lord can truly give to you, is learning to belong to the good shepherd. So it's helpful for us to understand what it means in this picture for us as, as a sheep and a shepherd to, to maybe understand a little bit about physical sheep. So I'm not going to go into great detail, but let me just share a few things. Uh, you, you probably know this, but, but sheep have like the lowest IQ uh, of all of God's creation. I mean, think about this. There is no independence There's no opportunity for independence for sheep. Have you ever noticed that there are no such thing as wild sheep? Have you ever wondered why? Because a wild sheep is a dead sheep. That's why. They can't survive on their own. They have no opportunity for survival on their own. As soon as the shepherd leaves the sheep or the sheep is not with the shepherd, the sheep die. The shepherd has to live with the sheep all of the time. They have no, because they have no sense of direction. If the, if the shepherd doesn't lead sheep to another pasture, what they'll do is they'll stay there and eat all of the grass out of a field. And then after all of the grass is gone, then they'll be, begin eating one another's excrement and then they'll die. It's pretty disgusting, isn't it? They have no opportunity to survive apart from the shepherd. They are creatures that are made for dependency. Have you ever considered that you are a creature, an image bearer of God, that is made for dependency? Did you know that if a, if a, if a sheep continues to go rogue and, and out on their own, that sometimes a shepherd will, will break one of their legs? That's a, that's a kind discipline to them, right? But, but you know what happens when, 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 when the shepherd does that, is that that sheep begins to become tethered to the shepherd for the rest of his life. Because of the pain they've experienced to somehow knit them together. Have any of you, has the Lord broken any of your legs, proverbially? Has, Has He ever done that to you? Has He ever brought you low so that He can bring you close? Maybe He's doing that right now in your life. Maybe this season is a season of breaking for you so that you can stay close to the shepherd. Maybe you're more open than ever to being shepherded by God, to being cared for by God. John 10, verses 15 through 17 says this, I laid down my life for the sheep, Jesus says. Oh, and by the way, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. In other words, we can have confidence... That Jesus is our good shepherd because of his obedient sacrifice and following his father's plan. Jesus says over and over and over again, here's how I'm different than the other people that try to care for your soul. I'm the only one that sacrificed on your behalf to care for your soul. I'm the only one that's, that's, that's put my money where my mouth is. I've laid down my life for you so that you can finally belong, so that you can finally have rest for your soul's. So how do we belong? How do we begin a life of belonging to the good shepherd? Well, it's something that's really easy to say and something that's really hard to do. And that's to surrender our lives and our hearts and our affections to Jesus, to submit them to his care. Jesus invites us to abandon our self-rescue plan, and he invites us to stop looking at the stock market, to to stop taking all the toilet paper off the shelves. To stop living from a mindset of scarcity in this life and to believe that Jesus lost it all so that we can have it all. And not only that, there's this beauty involved in surrender and it's this, it's that from the beginning of time until the end of time, Jesus has been building his flock over and over and over again. He's been adding to those numbers. And I I just want to share some beautiful news with you this morning. <clears throat> two weeks ago I sent my dad a devotional book I've done this uh, multiple times throughout my life <clears throat> he, he hasn't been really interested in them see I've been this is the first Christian in my family and I've been praying for my dad for 22 years <laughs> And um, this time was different because he started to pick up the book and he said hey son can we talk about what I'm reading in here and so for the last two and a half weeks every night my dad's been calling me at night and he wants to talk about Jesus with me and um, and so last Sunday after the live stream um, he just began to Confess some of his shortcomings and faults, just like all of us do, and, and he just said, "I just don't know how God can forgive me for some of the things I've done in this life." And I was able to quote to him, Psalm 103 verse 12, that says, "As far as the east is from the west, as as far as I move your sin and transgression from you." And I was able to tell him that. And then yesterday he calls me, and he's reading about the days of creation and learning about the Lord for the first time, And he calls me, and he said, "Son. This is unbelievable, this is so amazing. How have I never heard this before? Church, God is adding to his flock. He is working miracles now. And the question is, will you believe it? Will you take your eyes off of yourself and look to Christ? Because he's adding to his numbers. When Jesus said this to his disciples, he had my name and he had your name And he had your family member's name and your co-workers' names and your neighbor's names in his mind. It wasn't some random number. He's adding to his flock. He's adding to those that he wants to care for and to shepherd. And the question is, will you extend that life, the invitation to come and see Jesus as the good shepherd? Will you extend that to others? Will you receive that? Will you learn to belong? Because Jesus wants to give us abundant Life, church. It's glorious to know that Jesus wants to know us so personally. He wants to look eye to eye with us, to care for us. We must belong to Him. What would it look like for you if the driving force of your life, or the engine of your life, the thing that dominated your thinking, the the thing that dominated your affections, the thing that dominated your mind was the fact that you belong to Jesus and he cares for your soul. What if that became the the dominant theme of your life? What would your life begin to look like if the main thing that mattered to you was that you have a good shepherd? Did you have a good shepherd in a troublesome and worry-filled world? What would that look like for you? we got to learn to belong. Now, some of you belong to the good shepherd. Some of you watching this, I, I know for a fact, don't yet. I just want to give you a peek under the hood of what John 10 tells us about what the benefits of belonging to the Good Shepherd. So let's let's quickly look at three things about the benefits of belonging. This abundant life that Jesus promises to us. First thing is this: that we have protection from the enemy in Jesus. Let me read John chapter 10 verses 11 through 13 for you. I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, what he does is he sees the wolf coming for the sheep and he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them and then he flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, here's how we know that Jesus just isn't a shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. It's the fact that he lays down his life in the place of the sheep. You see, the, the Greek translation of that word, for, really means instead. It's, it's a word of substitution. So Jesus lays down his life instead of the sheep is what he's saying to them here. Now, in, in ancient times, uh, th- this would have, th- he would have been talking and referring to uh, this certain type of a sheep pen that has, that has four kind of or three boundary walls on it, and then there's a gate that's open. And, um, and what the shepherd would do is he would, he would literally lay down his life. He would sleep at the gate of the sheep. And, and, and earlier in John chapter 10, he says he's the door, he's the gate. He's referring to this. Uh, and, and, and what he would literally do was would make his bed. After the sheep would get into the pen at night, he would make his bed there and he would sleep at the door of the, of the sheep pen. And, and the reason why he would do this is because the the sheep couldn't get out and the wolf couldn't get in. That's the kind of care we need. We we need need care in two ways from Jesus, our good shepherd, and it's this. The first one is protection from self-destruction. Right? We are are sheep that are prone to wander. We need need protection from self-destruction. We need protection from the enemy on the outside. We are prone to wander, and, and Jesus shares this story about how we're prone to wonder. Do you remember the, the, the parable that he, that he talks about when he's talking about his love? And he says, listen, my love's like this. He says, you know, imagine you had 100 sheep and, and one of them left and 99 of them stayed in the, in the pasture. Well, I would leave the 99 to go find the one. That's the kind of love that I have. That's the kind of care that I have for you when you try to self-destruct your life through your flesh, through, your, through your, the, the parts of your life that have not been redeemed by Jesus. I'm gonna keep coming after you. That's how strong my love is. But we also need protection from the enemy, from the things outside of us. The wolf, as Jesus explains it. And, and let's just define the wolf as death itself. Death encompasses all sin and threats to life and, and was the first curse that, that has dominated all the sin and, and, and affected and, and really been the, 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 the motivating force behind all sin in the world is, is the first curse of death through disobedience in the garden. So for the sheep, this was the wolf. That was the biggest threat. Your wolf is probably going to be something different than a physical wolf, I would imagine, right? So it might be an addiction for you that you've been caught up in. It might be a a posture that your heart is prone to. Maybe it's lust, approval of man, pursuit of riches, pursuit of pleasure. The wolf, church, is anything that seeks to lure you to death instead of abundant life. Jesus says, I have protection for that because I'm close and I'm near you. I'll never leave you. Because Jesus has bought us with a price. He's not a hired hand. He's not in it just for the money. He's not in it for anything other than his own affection for you because he has ownership in our life. He's paid the price for our sins. He's made an investment into us, the ultimate investment. He has pursued us and purchased us and rescued us, and we have protection from the enemy because of this. Jesus has kicked out the teeth of the wolf. I mean, he, he, may, he may bark, he may gnarl, he, 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 he may gum your leg, you may feel the presence of the enemy, but ultimately what this passage says is that we have protection in Jesus. We have protection because the enemy has ultimately been bound by the life of death and resurrection of Jesus because in that Jesus has overcome the curse of death by raising from the dead not only that but we're also fully known by Jesus another benefit of belonging John chapter 10 verses 14 and 15 Jesus says this I'm the good shepherd I know and that word for know is an experiential word I know from experience I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, we all need to be cared for. We spend our lives figuring out ways to be cared for because we need it so desperately. We are dependent creatures. Some of us realize that more than others, but we're dependent. And, and you know, most of the time we look, for, we look for care that only Jesus can give from the people that God puts around us. And we, we put these expectations that they would care for us perfectly on other people. Now, it is the right expectation for you to have as an image bearer of God that someone would care for your soul. But oftentimes we place those expectations on the wrong person. Only the person of Jesus can care for your soul the way that you need to be cared for. Where are you looking for care and companionship right now that you're finding disappointment? And my question to you is simply this. Have you looked to the Good Shepherd? Have you taken your eyes off of yourself and put them on Christ and let him care for you by the power of his spirit. Augustine says this in his, in his work confessions in the first chapter, first section of the first chapter, he says, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. Our hearts are restless until we find our so, so do you have a restless heart today? Are you seeking to be known and to be cared for and finding disappointment? Well, here's the good news. And it's also the bad news. Jesus fully knows you, right? But, but the good news about the bad news is this, is that he fully knows you. Not only things you've done, but the things you've thought, the things you've contemplated, the things you will do, the things you have done. He knows it all. And the good news is this. He still pursues you. He still chases you. He still loves you. He still wants relationship with you. Jesus knows you. How would you relate to Jesus as the good shepherd if you really knew and believed deep down in your soul that nothing about you surprised him? That nothing you could do, nothing you could say, nothing that you're thinking would ever surprise him? What would that do for you? Imagine being able to live a fully transparent life before the face of God and others because the good shepherd knows you. Church, do you need to be known that way today because the good shepherd promises to know you that way and to give you that abundant life, that freedom from knowing him as you belong to him. That's that's the good news of the gospel is that we are fully known and fully loved, that he doesn't abandon us when he sees who we really are. The last thing is this, is that we are eternally secure in Jesus. And kind of the linchpin of the whole passage is this promise, and it says this, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the thief in this passage, in this context, is the Pharisees and and their system of religion. Uh, Jesus is saying that their system of religion, which was based on works, not on faith, was producing death in their followers. That He's saying that anything other than the gospel, Jesus coming to rescue us and caring for us will produce death in us. That it'll destroy the work of God in your life, it'll kill the freedom of forgiveness that you find in Jesus, and destroy the joy of being fully known, yet fully loved. But what Jesus has come to offer us is abundant life, And, and when you look at this word and what it means, it means excessive life. Jesus has come to give you excessive life. Excessive life. What if you were so fully known by God that your life of abundance could begin now? not just when you enter into eternity with your heavenly father, but you could bring heaven to earth through the way that you live abundantly in this world and that your life might be a kingdom trailer for those that encounter you. They might see more of what God had in mind for abundant life through how you live your life. What if that was possible? Because Jesus says it is. It doesn't have to wait. It starts now. Jesus goes on to to say this about the nature of his relationship to us in John 10, 27 and 30. He says, my sheep... They hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The confidence that the love of Christ gives us is this, is that no thing or no one can snatch us out of the hand of our Good Shepherd. Nothing can. Not your, not your faithless morning that you've had today. Not that sin that you keep getting tangled up in. No thing, no person can snatch you out of the Father's hand. J.I. Packer says this, your faith will not fail while God sustains it. He gave it to you, while he sustains it. you are not strong enough to fall away while God is resolved to hold you. As Dad and I have been walking through the gospel together, this theme that keeps coming up is that he's become more aware of the things in his life that aren't in line with God's will. And he keeps thinking, "Man, I just know that I'm going to get knocked for this. The guys are going to love me for this. It's so hard to belong to Jesus Church. It's so hard. To believe that you're fully known, yet fully forgiven. Yet this is the promise that God gives us that we must remember. That we are those who belong to Christ. Now, I want to ask you to do something really bold if you're listening to this today and you're wrestling through this. If you want the promise of eternal life, you want to belong to Jesus as the good shepherd. You want to belong to him solely. I want to invite you to just shoot me an email this week so I can pray for you. So, I can pray for you and help you follow Jesus and belong to the Good Shepherd. My email is, is on the screen now, and I just love to help you, you do that because that's the only thing that's going to calm our souls, church. Let's pray together. Father, I, I uh, thank you that we get to belong to you as Good Shepherd, as sheep in the hands and the care of a loving, kind, good benevolent generous gracious shepherd who knows everything about us yet loves us all the more deeply god we need to hear that today we need to sink ourselves into that today so lord would you help us to belong to you and it's in jesus name that we pray amen